Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I do like, look like leader of a chess club in high school <laughs> at that time and def- probably still i am a b-tech kenny mcintosh <laughs> back on cultaholic island with a resident of cultaholic island this one's been a long time coming it's fraser porter hey tom it's, there he it's, is. Very, it's weird getting to have a have a go on desert island graps after editing so many for the patreon i'd like Fine to thank folks. fraser who is the man that edits these yeah uh, you, all, the, all the video versions i've that's my little role i say oh been a bit slack mate i've been doing them lately yeah that's, yeah true yeah. i've not been putting my weight <laughs> for sure <laughs> the, 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 the beauty is that and and this is always it's it's um it's a champagne problem mm-hmm. as, yeah, yeah. as i've been told whereby you simply are too busy doing many other things no. Yeah, it's it's got a little bit busier recently. There's been a, a lot of a lot of work, which is good fun. Mm. It's good fun. But yeah, I've not I've not been able to edit a few of these desert island graphs recently. But it's been because he's had better things to do. They've been going out. Tom's done a great job on them. <laughs> not, who, not, not who's getting this one? All of them. That'd be Tom. Can you edit this one? <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Would I do a thank you for bringing Iron Brew to the island? Yeah, we got to. As you said, get all the Scottish stuff down, out of the way. Like, you're gonna have to get the brew. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna have to get the brew. It's it's the Scotland's national drink. It runs in my veins. It does, brother, brother, brother. Mm. Um, best doctor. Oh, so Doctor Who, we're going straight into that one. No, I um, mean medical doctor, because I've got this spot on my back. <laughs> Dr. Meldrum, he was pretty good. <laughs> good he to did know. a lot of uh, a lot of good home visits when I was no, younger. That's reassuring. Um, the 11th Doctor, Matt Smith. Mm. If we're talking Doctor Who, that's... Quite that's, a late that's Doctor, why so? Just, um, I mean, it was I preferred his stories. I, I, David Tennant and him are very similar in terms of who I would choose as my Doctor, but my first Doctor was Christopher Eccleston. Right. Favorite doctor is Matt Smith. Do you think a lot of it comes down to the doctors that you grew up with? Probably. I mean, I, it came back in two thousand five, so I parents were like, "Well, we'll watch Doctor Who. Let's get, let's go mm. and do this." It, it really depends on the story for me. I, I just prefer the writing for Matt Smith's Doctor. I think he, I prefer an alien Doctor to a human Doctor in David Tennant. But that's why Matt Smith's probably probably my favorite. Away from here, you do a podcast I called do. "Who Do You Think You Are," yeah. which is uh, basically non cultaholic classic Doctor Who review, which, I, which, which, which is brilliant. <laughs> which I love that you do. Yes. Um, have you discovered anything about the old Doctor Who's? Were you, are you are you being, are you more astute to the older Doctors now? So we are we're we're not doing classics. We are doing New Who from two thousand five. Are you planning to do more than New Who or just Old Who? Potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, the way we're doing it is because me and my co-host Jordy, we we grew up watching Doctor Who, so we're like we we started it in the fact that I 
was like, oh, we were just chatting. I was like, oh, I've just started rewatching Doctor Who. And he was like, oh, so, so have I. So we're like, oh, well, let's just let's chat about it like we would normally, but let's record it. So that's where it sort of came from. But we're doing just, just New Who, um, going from Christopher Eccleston right through to uh, Jodie Whittaker. How do you find watching them back again now? Um, and being and being critical of them as well. Yeah, so I I think they've they they still hold up. I mean, there's some terrible moments in them. Um, the absorbable off. If anyone is a Doctor Who fan, will know the absorbable off. Peter K decided to join Doctor Who, and it was a they did, a kid designed it. So I'm going to be kind to it. Okay. Not that I am usually on the the Doctor Who podcast. Um, it was a Blue Peter entry to design a villain. It was bad, Tom. <laughs> It was so bad. I love the idea. If I'm editing this, I'm going to put a photo up on the Patreon so you can see what the absorbable off is. It, it was Peter Kay in a fat green suit. <laughs> and it was him just being like, you're right, love. <laughs> That's the future, that is. It was just not... <laughs> so he did all the Peter Kay lines he, well, he and did, stuff. Well, he, he did Peter Kayisms. Space garlic bread. <laughs> you know, that's the future. Yeah, pretty much. He was doing like the misheard lyrics. and but no, wow. he, was, he, he absorbed people into his body and their faces would appear on it. And there was lots of... I mean, I don't mind that as a, as a concept. Okay. The, the end of the... Without sh- seeing it. Yeah. The end of the episode, spoilers for it, ends with him absorbing Moaning Myrtle. Mm-hmm. And she then, for some reason, the, the doctor gets rid of the absorbable off. She becomes part of a concrete slab. And her boyfriend takes the concrete slab home with her face on it. And it's living. And it's implied they have sexual relations. Oh. It's not a good episode. It's really not a good episode. Oh. <laughs> now you see, when you started talking about that, yeah. my brain started going, oh, I might make a little joke about no. what they do when they get home, and I don't need to. Cause... No, they, 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 they mention it in the show. They go, oh, well, we still have a bit of a love life, don't we? Oh, no. It's also a Doctor Light episode. He's not in it that much. See, you need the Doctor in it, really, yeah. don't you? Um, yeah. But we'll move on from Doctor Who. Um, just what I'll say is, uh, that was speculation. Uh, it's been right for a long time about New Doctor. And mm-hmm. obviously, this question has been answered. Do you have a preference? Who do you think will make a good doctor that has another fair crack of the whip yet? Uh, in, well, the next Doctor Shooty Gap, what I think is a really mm. good choice. Yeah. Um, who's an act that I'd like to see? Oh, I don't. I don't want to wish away the new Doctor, but like moving. Obviously, we'll have to move down the line. I'm really not sure who I'd want as a future Doctor. There's so many actors that I prefer when it's an unknown. Mm. So, like, I would prefer it being someone I don't have a clue about because then I've got no typecast in my head as to who they who they are and most of the doctors i've not really seen the the pierre capaldi was kind of the exception Mm. he was in the thick of it and i'm like that's malcolm tucker so he's off to swear so the doctor was a big departure from that whereas david tennant i'd seen him in goblet of fire yeah so i prefer an unknown so i won't answer that with an actual actor give me some unknown people an unknown okay we venture into the unknown yes uh, as we take you onto the desert island and as is customary what you need to do is whilst we're here tell me three wrestling matches that you would love to watch while stranded here and we'll talk about them one by one Mm -hmm. and go through a load of other stuff in between what would you like your first match to be praise reporter it's my first match uh this was this took a lot of thinking i'd narrowed it down to like two and i was like i need to have a third one and uh, it was like, okay, here it is. It's it's WrestleMania 24. We're going back to 2008. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's Edge versus The Undertaker in the main event of WrestleMania 24. Okay? It was not my peak of being a wrestling fan, but it was just, I was, it, I still was like, this is the coolest thing. Like, this is it. This is, this is the thing. 
running into school chatting about it with my mates because my mates still liked wrestling at wrestling at that point because I was in primary school so I was I was what 2008 I was 9 when this match happened it was good it was so good and I'd like I stayed up I've stayed up for every WrestleMania and watched it live since WrestleMania 21 parents didn't know that I was going to ask because at 9 like, how are you getting around the the, the, the parental guardian guardianing? Oh, my parents that. were pretty chill with with wrestling. They were pretty cool with it. They were like, oh, it's, it's on late. We they would sometimes get me the unbox office uh, if we had it or whatnot. Um, but I would often stay up and watch it on the dodge. <laughs> I just just like in my room on my phone. Right, let's get a stream working. Or at that point, it would be my laptop. I was gonna say like so that would have yeah would have been so in your laptop yeah. under the bed. I distinctly remember WrestleMania 28 a few years later. Um, my dad used to be in the police and he would work like really weird shifts. So he'd be getting up at like 3 a.m., heading off for work. Now, WrestleMania 28, before we got onto the match on match that we're talking about, but WrestleMania 28 was a long show. It ended at like 5 a.m. and I had school at 9. So I'm sitting there, cover over me, laptop out, watching it, hear movement. And it was right as like the rock scene was kicking off. And he peers his head in the room, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm not awake. I'm not awake. Managed to survive that one, but he'll probably listen to this if he finds this on the if I if he sees me share. Had he ever caught you staying up late to watch wrestling before? Uh, yeah, but he was. It was. It was just a case of like, he was like, we just go and watch it downstairs. Just, go, just put it on the TV. He'd stay up and watch SmackDown with me. Yeah, but WrestleMania 24, I watched it live in my room, and then ran into school the next day, being like, I can't believe I I was really expecting Edge to be Undertaker. Were you disappointed? Yeah. Really? I was a, I was a massive Edge fan. Uh, Still am. Like I think he's fantastic. And at that point, I was like, Edge is undefeated at WrestleMania. How is The Undertaker going to beat him? He's old. <laughs> Edge is like really cool. <laughs> like there's no way he's going to lose. So that's, I was like really disappointed that uh, The Undertaker beat Edge. Such a good opportunity. See, I love hearing stories like this because, like, I go back to when, like, I was maybe eight or nine years mm-hmm. old, and the like, and and I was sort of bought into the good guys, the bad guys thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, had that been me in in the mindset that I was in, I'd be like, "Yay, the Undertaker beat the nasty man yeah, Edge," yeah. and and it shows a real change in the generations where the fact that you're just going, oh, Edge is cool. Edge is bad. Edge. He's cool. Yeah, I think something drew me to him. I was just like, he's really, really cool. He's like not. He's not like every other bad guy that's just like, oh, yeah, I hate your town or whatever. <laughs> like, and 2008, 2009, 2000, or 2007 through 2008 was kind of a kind of a weird time in WWE. It was very much, we're going into PG, but we're not quite yet. We're still got some of that ruthless aggression stuff. Mm. Um, and I've been watching since 2003 WWE. So I, I'd sort of grown up with Edge as, like, I, he's just cool. I can't, he's just the the guy that I followed him and John Cena, and then I turned on John Cena. Why did you turn on John oh, Cena? He's lame, wasn't he? <laughs> he was just the best. He was just not cool. He was like. But was there a defining moment where you went, "I don't like him anymore"? Um, it's a good question. Um, probably, it was probably after two thousand and eight. It was probably like, probably WrestleMania twenty four. Probably on the back of that. Um triple threat match that he had because I was still really hyped at Royal Rumble when he came back. Like him appearing at the top of Madison Square Garden, arms crossed, capped down. That was insane. And I was popping for that back then, but I think it was probably that summer at some point, maybe what was his feud going in? Was it JBL 
I think was his feud in the summer that year. Seems to ring a bell, yeah. <sighs> Nah, was it the JBL is poopy thing, or was yeah, it was him. Uh, yeah, it was him in Crime Time going in, going in a JBL. Which, nah, not for me. No, that's is that's where it went. Oh, yeah, that's where it went. Um, you started watching in 03. What drew you to it? Um, so I, I, I want to say it was probably around about 03. Um, I started by going and hanging out with my friend Michael. We'd go around to his house, and he had Sky Sports, so we'd watch Raw the replay didn't I, it's weird i can't really remember it all back then i just remember going around to his and there'd be wrestling on we'd sit and we'd watch it we'd have dinner and then be like cool i'm so and so you're the other guy let's have a match and we'd we'd try and replicate the match and then his mum would run up and be like stop <laughs> wrestling it's it's you're knocking things off there's a tv in the room leave it <laughs> um so then she'd be like go inside and play football and i'm like i don't like football <laughs> So 2003, sort of then, we never had it on TV in our house. We didn't have the, the, the TV channel for it. So it was a case of me looking online. And I, at that point, I was very much a casual fan. I, I would go around to Michael's um, and watch it every week when we would hang out. But I wasn't like, my whole life is is wrestling like it pretty much is now. <laughs> so that, that and Doctor Who. Um, do you still hang out with Michael? Do you still see Michael? I've not seen Michael in years, to be honest. Um when we left high school, we kind of all went off and did different things. I think he's still in Peebles. Um, I think I saw... No, I did see him about a year, two years ago, right before the pandemic. I think I'd saw him at a pub in Peebles. Ah, you're right. <laughs> it's <laughs> funny because you always assume that like you have these such strong ties yeah. to people when you're younger. And you think, oh my god, when we meet again, it'd be amazing. But it's normally just a case of, hey, yeah, it's, right. it's and that's yeah, that's kind of what it is. There's, there seems to be, not to not to knock on on peoples at all, but there seems to very much be a divide of people that leave and don't really come back, and then people that stay and really really love the town or really passionate about the town. Um, and I've noticed that since in the past few years, moving up to Edinburgh and then moving down here, been like. I don't really see or get to see the folk from school that have just stayed because there is quite a divide. I don't really want to go back to Peebles. Why Why are you on the side of people who don't want to go back to Peebles? I just, it's it's a very small town. Yeah. No, well, I just say small. It's it's a decent sized town, but it's very much everyone knows everyone. Everyone knows your gossip. Everyone knows what's going on. Um, I just, it's... I like to be out in a city. I'd much rather be in a city, as much as I really love growing up in the countryside, because I got freedom. Hmm. But what was the uh, what was the last time you went to Peebles? Like, can you remember? What was the last time? I, th- I was there back in May. Back in May, I was looking after the dog. It was great. Parents, <laughs> parents went on holiday to Rome. They were like, "Can you come and look after the dog?" So when went back. I just chilled at the house for a couple of days. It was nice. Yeah, it was did you catch? Did you go to any old horns? Did you catch up with any old friends? Did you no, roll back the years? And well, I went up for my graduation, so I did have my uni. I went and met my uni mates mm. um, that weekend. But back in Peebles now, there was not not much going on. Most most of the folk that I've, I've kind of either lost touch with or like I went and saw my cousin because he li- he lives next door to me back home. So it's not like it's not tough to be like, do you want to get a pint? Yeah. So we did, but yeah, there's not much not much going on in Peebles. What was young Fraser living in Peebles? What was, what were your your ambitions? What was it you wanted to do? Because I know you obviously went to uni and you 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 graduated as a journalism degree. Mm-hmm. Um, what was what was it you wanted to do? Did you have any aspirations um, before then? It, to be fair, it's pretty much been journalism. Yeah, um, I, I, but I just didn't know that. Like, 
being quite young, I thought, I really want to write about video games or wrestling or really want to report on news. I was really fascinated by news and like politics and modern studies and stuff. That was constantly history, modern studies and geography was my thing at school. Um, I really was interested in them and I was like, oh, what can I do? What can I do? And I'd blog quite a bit. I'd write as much as I could. Um, so really pretty much that. I, obviously, when I'm younger, I'm like, I'm going to be the doctor in Doctor Who. I'm going to be an actor or whatnot. Um, but for me, growing up, it was want to write or do video stuff or do something like that. And then my backup was like, well, I'm, I'm really ingrained in theatre. Fortunately, I cannot sing. And I've seen, there was a tweet that really resonated with me a few years back. Um, and it was a journalism student, it's a, a musical theatre student that can't sing. And it's very apt in my case. Oh. <laughs> cannot sing for the life of me. But you have the passion to sing, oh, but you absolutely. don't have the ability. Correct. Yeah, that yeah, that correct. rings true. Yeah. Who were some of those? Because it, it's uh, when you're at that age, when you're like a younger man, like you don't always necessarily go, I'm just fascinated by news and information. Like, mm -hmm. What were some of your influences there? Was there any? Or? No, I, I, I'm not really sure. I, uh, my gran, funnily enough, when I went to do journalism at uni, she was like, oh, you, were always, you were always carrying around pen and paper and writing things down. You are always doing this. You are always like, um, at primary school, we did a school newspaper and I I was a big part of that. And I did stuff for it. Um, I, or I just never pieced it together. That's probably what I would want to go and do. Um, you just I, went, this is something I'm enjoying I'm really doing. enjoying. I'm really enjoying. I'm like, yeah. Or like, uh, me and my friend Ben, we'd we'd make comic book strips just for the fun of it. Just being like, oh, let's make a comic book. Again, it was I was the one doing all the sort of writing and the designing of like a, a newspaper front of it. And I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense why I like doing InDesign at uni and why I like doing the newspaper aspect of uni. So really, it's it sounds quite boring, but it's pretty much always been that, but I just didn't know it was that. No, you just didn't put the pieces together yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what did you write for your primary school newspaper? God, I think it was... Uh, I think it was about something about dogs or something. Is there a top story? I'm, I'm intrigued. It was like the, uh, the top story of the primary school in Peebles. Maybe that day. P primary four. Now, for anyone that's on a different oh. English schooling system, primary four is our fourth year of primary school. Okay, makes sense. Makes sense. So we're about. Try to think. What age would I have been? P four, two thousand six. How old was I? Two thousand six. Eight. Eight. Seven or eight. Yeah, probably around about then. So we did. Uh, it was probably about dogs. I think in the town or like something to do with the school. Um. If I can find it, I'll, I'll, I'll speak to my mum, see if I can find it. Again, if it's the video version, I'll put a little snapshot <laughs> on screen. If we found it. If we found it, it'll be on screen. It's... So let's react like we've seen it. Oh, that's a great oh! story. I'm really glad I've improved since then. That's incredible. <laughs> that's incredible. You mentioned your dad was a policeman. Yes. He worked all sorts of weird hours. What did your mum do? Uh, she was a childminder. Yeah? Yeah, so like my house was constantly filled with other kids, which was, was great when I was that age my mates would come around and they'd be every every day I'd get to hang out with folk and, and we'd play games, watch TV. But it was when I got to maybe 12, 13, where I'm like, oh God, my house is filled with kids. <laughs> I'm like, and they're like, can we have a go of your PlayStation? I'm like, no, you cannot have a go of my PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> you're, 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 your patience wears so thin. Yeah, like we had a... We had a we had two living rooms. We were very fortunate to have an extension in the house, and that was the back living room, my mum and dad's living room. My living room was the front of the house with my brother, and we had the PlayStation in there, the Nintendo Wii games room, really. Right. Um, but that was also where the kids would play during the day. So there would be babies and toddlers throughout the day, and then at after school you'd get the after school kids in, and then at night there would maybe be folk get, being babysat, you know, waiting for their parents to pick them up. So it was like. 
I really want to get home and play Assassin's Creed 2, but some so-and-so's watching CBBC or CBBs, like watching Tracy Beaker. Now, no knock to Tracy Beaker. No, no disrespect to Tracy. What a, what a show, but when I'm wanting to play Assassin's Creed 2, that doesn't resonate with me. So did that would have been frustrating on many fronts, because not only because obviously it means that your house has always got visitors in, yeah, uh, but also like your, your mum is being pulled away from you two other kids i didn't mind that aspect so much um because my mom always gave us a load of time like yeah. it wasn't as much as that it was just like oh well she's just looking after the kids and it was, wasn't so bad when we were young because it was like oh it's our mates being looked after and we became friends with them all so it was just like oh well i'm just hanging out with my friends i don't want mum around when i'm hanging out with my mates um but no it wasn't it wasn't bad in that sense and ever have to divert time away to other kids or whatnot um with the house that we were in and, and the amount of space that we had, if I wanted peace and quiet, I could go up to my room. It was just like there was there was so much noise. I'd be like, oh god, just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Can you remember moving out? Yeah, because it wasn't that long ago. Um, I moved mm. out in t- July twenty fourth, twenty nineteen. Thinking this is great. I'm moving to Edinburgh. I'm going into my third year at uni because uh, I commuted for the first two years. It was cheaper that way. Um, so first, third year of uni, I was like, this is amazing. I've got the fringe coming up. I've got two years left. Anything is possible in this two years in Edinburgh. I got six months and then the pandemic, or seven months or whatever it was, and the pandemic started. So I was, con- I would have saved so much money mm. if I didn't move out. Because <laughs> I was paying for a, a house that was two minutes from my uni for online Zoom classes. But I do remember moving out. The most thing, uh, I feel sorry, apologies, mum and dad, but the thing I was most excited for, or most gutted to be leaving was the dog. <laughs> my wee baby no, boy. Get, do you know what? I get that. I get that. What's your dog's name? So my dog is Marvin. But, Marvin. Um, so when I, it was actually, it's quite sad, but when we were, when we were moving out, um, my previous dog, Dudley, passed away very suddenly. He was very young. He was only two. And... My parents were away on holiday. They'd been in America, so I was looking after him, and he started getting really ill. So I go around to my gran, who lives around the corner, and we were like, this, is, this isn't good. Um, they get back. He's deteriorated. The dog passes away like two or three days after they get back, and they're like, well, we, we can't live without another dog. We, you know, we need a dog in our lives, especially with the boys moving out and stuff like that. So I moved out, and then a week later, they got the new dog, and I felt like I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this puppy in my house and i don't live there anymore your constant bad timing you get a house just for the pandemic oh, mate, you move out before a puppy arrives a puppy. although i did I, I was very fortunate in going to pick him up and meet him for the first time um and i think he's he's my wee boy he's my wee boy because every time i go home he pees on the floor in excitement oh. like, everywhere thank god we all do wooden. when you arrive yeah thank god we've got wooden flooring <laughs> It was bad, especially when I surprise him. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, my dad, because my dad will be like, we've not told Marvin he's, you're coming this week. Oh, <laughs> no, bless him. He's a good wee boy. He's a good wee boy. It's, and I think you you feel it more when it's like when you're saying goodbye to pets. There's no disrespect yeah. to the mums oh, and dads. Of course. But it's because they don't understand. Exactly. You know, you you like we're, when me and Alex go away for, for a couple of weeks soon, it's like, 
I mean, it's different with a cat because he doesn't really give a shit. Yeah. But um, but the idea that he thinks, oh, I guess this is where I live is now. Yeah. Oh, oh, it breaks my heart. So no, we're coming back. Yeah. Oh, this is my life now. I guess yeah. that's fine. Like, and with dogs, with dogs more so than cats because dogs like have unconditional love. Oh, absolutely. So the idea yeah. when like, whenever you leave the house with a dog and the dog's like, well, that's it. They're gone and I'm on my own and this is it. <laughs> I will die here. They've just they've chosen to leave me. I don't know what I did wrong. Go to the shop, mate. Calm down. I was gutting when I'm like, cool. Well, I used to be, you know, leaving the house. There's a puppy. And then every time I go home and visit and I get to see him for like two or three days and I'm like, oh, I could just take him with me. He's I could take him with me. still small enough. Yeah, he is. He's, sneak him on a he's train. Enough, he's easy to pick up. He's, you know, I can carry him. I can oh. take him on a bag. Take him to, my, my landlord probably wouldn't be happy. He doesn't <laughs> shed, so it's fine. That'd be fine. I think landlords now, I think the rules I think are changed. Adam would be signed with me bringing him in. Well, and he could I, live I, in the office. I have um, considered bringing the cat in, but obviously you're allergic. I'm allergic, yeah. So, bless, and bless you. I this, mind this, is a nice, this is a nice like a little indicator of, of the kind of quality gent that you are. Oh. When I mooted the idea of bringing the cat in, you said, I'm allergic, but don't worry, I'll take an antihistamine. Yeah, take an antihistamine. Some people would just go, I'm allergic, so it can't happen. You're like, no, oh, no, no, don't worry. I'll, do, I'll, yeah. I will make my life more awkward. I mean, I take so you one. can bring your cat in. I take one every day, mm. but uh, yeah, we need to take a, we need to take one of the extra strong ones for a cat. Like one of the weapons grade yeah. ones. My gran okay. had cats, and I would yeah. every time I go around and visit, I'd leave like swollen up, like oh, no, thanks, no. grad. <laughs> like really feeling you. It's nature's cruelest trick to be allergic, yeah. allergic to any. I was, I'm, I'm allergic to most animals, uh, like dogs. Shed, you seem shedding fine dogs, with. shedding dogs. We've got a. Cocker, uh, Springer Spaniel Poodle Cross doesn't shed. Mm. Grand had a poodle, didn't shed. We have only had Cocker Poos like throughout our lives. No shedding, doesn't bother me. Shedding, <laughs> guinea pigs, nah, face was swollen. Oh, great two guinea pigs. Try and guess what we would call our guinea pig. Bubble and squeak. Nah, nah it's a bit more named after singers and, and uh, uh, Robson and Jerome. <laughs> Close. It's, one of them is called Elvis. Elvis had a little quiff. Nice. Uh, but mine was called Snoop Pig. Snoop Pig? <laughs> yeah. Two, two G's? Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Snoop Pig. Excellent. Did he rap sometimes? Occasionally, yeah. 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 <laughs> he just squeak a rap. Freestyle. Oh, that's yeah. cute. That's cute. We've left the pets alone. We've left the pets now, and you're embarking on your life away from uni. Mm-hmm. Meant to be two years, lasted six months Did. Uh, before the pandemic hit. Um, in that six months, like, what did you, in, in terms of life experiences, did you get anything in there? Um, the world shut down. I definitely feel that was where I sort of—I w- I don't want to say came out my shell because I feel like it was very much part of the class at uni before that point. But being able to not have to be like, right, I've got a three-hour commute or like round trip home and back, I can then afford more time to really dive into the work and be like, cool. Well, I'll just go to the. We had a really great facility server, like the, that was called the Kilby. And it was like a massive computer lounge with as much resources as you could possibly have. I would never use that. So I think moving to Edinburgh allowed me the opportunity to really dive into the coursework and sort of not make more friends because I was, I was friends with everyone in the course. Our course was really, really good for that. But it just allowed me to mature in a way that like, cool, I'm, I'm, I, I've got my goal. This is where I'm going. This is what my work is. I was very driven to achieve a degree I was happy with. And that first six months before the pandemic was kind of where I sort of helped shape that. I appreciate that a lot of people would have heard that question. And th- and when you started answering it, thought it was going one way and you <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan us all. She'd go, you know, living at home, I had this three-hour commute, but now I'm living on campus. I can mm. really 
do more work. Yeah, yeah. I was, <laughs> I was like, really? Get on the town. Get get hammered. I mean, I, social. I, plenty of that. We did. I did do a lot of like. We we had a lot of house parties on our course. Like we would Aye. like have a lot of. We'd call them gaff parties. I don't know if that's what people would call them down here. Gaffs. I've heard the word gaff outside of Scotland, so I guess yeah, we know what you party. meant. If you were doing um, a gaff party. Yeah, so we do that, or like we hosted one at our our flat. It was me. Uh, Jordy, who I did the Doctor Who podcast with, and our one of my course mates, Brendan. Um, we did that. We lived together. We we had we were like ten. It was a ten minute walk from uni, a five minute walk from work, whatever it was. Really great, great location. We we did have a few parties, and it feels really strange thinking thinking about to like uni parties and socials, and most of them took place in that six months. And we're, I'm thinking, oh, that. The senior years of uni was amazing, and then like, well, no, the last two years of uni we were on Zoom. <laughs> it was dreadful. It was just a lot packed into six months. But um, no, it was it was the period of time where I sort of managed to to push myself most at uni because I don't know if it's the same down here. Um, our first two years don't count. I think they're more kind of just sort of setting you up for the yeah. Third so we year. we do four years at right. uni. So. The first two years, they don't count towards your final degree. The final two do. So I was like, okay, that's why I need to move. Otherwise, I'll not be driven at home. I'll just mm. sit and play on the PlayStation. Easy distractions at home. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Because it's a weird one because you were doing the... Um, you, were, you were doing the course and you were getting the journalism yep. degree, but you were already, by this point, sort of well on your way to, to careers around journalism. I I tried to do as much, yeah, because I, I didn't think uni was an option for me because I didn't do well in high school in terms of grades. I was just didn't apply myself. Like, I was just getting... Why not? I just didn't like school in terms of exams. I was fine with everything, like coursework and all that sort of stuff, but exams, nah. Couldn't, it wasn't I couldn't, I just couldn't be arsed. <laughs> like, what is it about the, the exams? Because it's funny hearing that because we've gone in like a couple of minutes from you going, I moved to near, to a, a flat near the uni, so a home near the uni, so I could just throw myself mm-hmm. into the work and really apply myself yep. to, I just can't be arsed. Because that's a real shift. Well, as I said, that most of my sort of learn, educational life I sort of knew that I wanted to do journalism. And so the course, the stuff at school wasn't what I was interested in. Right. The exceptions being modern studies, history, geography, but all the stuff around it. Nah. Like, you dicked around in psychology a lot, didn't you? We, well, so we had psychology, we had philosophy. <laughs> uh, there was, those were absolute dick about classes. <laughs> um, psychology was off campus. So we had to travel from the high school over to Gala Shields, which was a town about 45 minutes away that was at a college. And I just didn't, and I got an F on that. Was that was was, did, was it just because you did you you went to the lessons, but you just to be fair, weren't asked. About ninety percent of the people in that class got an F. Wow. So in see the, that be, that becomes a failing of the system rather than a failing of the people. Correct. So in psychology, I'm not asked about that. Mm. That wasn't just me. I probably if I if it wasn't a ninety percent of the class getting an F thing, I probably maybe would have got a C. Mm. Maybe. But yeah, for for. We did nationals, which is probably your equivalent to GCSE. Right. So that's your first exams, first proper exams, nationals. I think I did all right for them. I got a couple of a couple of A's, a couple of B's, and a C or something like that. And then going into higher, I'm just like, nah, I just can't be arsed with this. Mm. <laughs> like maths, terrible at maths. English, I did well. I did I did quite well in English, but then but that leans in a bit more to what you yeah. want to do. But I was disappointed in the fact that. I had done really, really well in the coursework, 
And then again, it came to the exam. I think I'd got a, a B, but when I was originally wanting to do uni, the thing was an A. You need an A to get in. Right. So I was like, well, I'm going to have to go and do English again for a second year at higher. And then that year, I just the, the, I wasn't as engaged in the coursework. I wasn't engaged with the content of it because it had changed. So I know, obviously, I wasn't going in thinking, I'm going to do all the same stuff. I'm going to get the same stuff. I know how to do it. It's just I just wasn't as engaged with the with the content and the teacher probably. Um, so Eng- English my second time around, I got the same mark. <laughs> and then I was like, cool, well, the high school, yeah, didn't work out. I was like, I don't want to go to uni. I want to take a gap here and build myself up. Parents at that point were like, no, you did shit in school. <laughs> They're like, your final year, you're not taking a gap here. Go and do a college course, even at the part-time. And I was like, okay, fair. I didn't apply myself in my last year. And they're never they were never really tough on like they weren't ever like tough at all on me on those sort of things. They wanted me to revise and they my dad would be like, pull your finger out and go and revise whatever. But when he was like, You're gonna go and do college, I was like, Yeah, okay, fine. Part time course, whatever. I was like, let me pick at least. Went and did chose a pre degree film and foundation course. Cause I was like, okay, I can't do journalism. That's ruled out because I've done the grades to get in mm. i'll go and do that in college it was a decent course i hated the majority of it because it wasn't what i wanted to do it was all very um arty and i'm not very arty in in, in what sense was it arty so was it like film theory and mm, somewhat we had the first one i remember they were like oh go make a a film a short film about i think it was the environment and they went, it can be either... It already sounds Yeah, go and make <laughs> it. Yeah, the, your theme is environment. And they were like, you can go and do it. You can do it factual. You can do it, you know, whatever. You can do it or you can do it in fiction piece. So uh, looking back, and I've, I've thought about it before. The, the, I probably chose this because, again, I wanted to do journalism and news coverage. But I did like a day in the life of Edinburgh. And I'd like followed, got up at like, the crack of dawn. Bless my dad. He woke. He was. He was working in in town anyway that day. But he, he got me up at like four a.m. He was like, "Right, we're going into Edinburgh. We're going to get the sun rising over Carlton Hill, over the you know Arthur's Seat or whatnot. We'll follow some bin men around with filming and stuff." And I'd done this like it was all right. It was a decent piece for a first short film, and it, it followed a day in life off Edinburgh, following the environment that you're in, the the city as mm. your environment. Uh, handed it in. I got a really low mark because she was like. My, my lecture was like, yeah, just didn't uh, capture the theme. I'm like, what are, you, what are you talking about? And she was like, well, there was no characters and no script. And I was like, oh, so you wanted a, an actual film. And you had to do a workbook clip for every single thing. What are your inspirations? What paintings inspired you? What films inspired you? What poets inspired you? And I'm like, that's not me. That's, mm. not, that's not what I want to do. So admittedly, I didn't do a notebook for that one. Because nothing, I was like, I gave you all, I gave all my factual information and my findings on why I was doing it. But like, I give no, other people, she was like, well, what Picasso inspired you? I'm like, fuck all. (laughs) So I didn't hand a booklet in, which kind of almost screwed me over. Because uh, when it came to the end of the year, my course leader was like, oh, I've got all your booklets for all the other films, but not this one. And she's like, that's not an issue. It's fine. Just, you know. We don't have it. I was like, oh, cool, cool. That's fine. Yeah. Well, I, you know, she was like, the, the exam board won't look for it. The exam board did look for oh, it. Oh, no. So I had already applied for uni, and it was a conditional on completing the course. 
nothing else. So I did, I, strangely, I got in to uni. Okay. No problem. Um, but there was conditional on completing the course and the exam board were like, we want to look at three students' work at random. And I was one of them. Oh, no. So my course leader, bless her, Joe, she was lovely. And she was really helpful through all. And I was like, look, I've got a place at uni. This is going to screw me over if, if we can't find it. Knowing full well that I didn't, I didn't have one. But I was like, so you kind of you swung the you you, you play the game a little bit. I and little just bit. went, I've def you got to find that book that I well, definitely did. She was like, what what work have you got for it saved already that you could just show me now? And I did have all my findings and my re reasons why I was doing it, what shots I wanted, so all the actual production side of it, I had, gave it to her. She was like, okay, cool. Well, and she, then she was like, it's strange. I I I remember reading your booklet. It was incredible. So I'm like, I'm not going to question that. I'm not questioning that. <laughs> and then she was like, I, I'm going to put in a word with the exam board. Like, All right, okay. She put a word with them. Uh, they came back, still asking for the booklet. And she, bless her, she was like, look, we're not going to find the rest of it. But she was like, I remember reading it. I remember your inspirations. And then strangely, she was like, no, you, and I was like, are you sure? I was like, do you remember reading it? Because I was like, the other lecturer gave me a really low mark for, for the actual piece. And she was like, no, 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 I, I disagreed with that. I think it should have been a, a bit better. Um, I remember reading what you were inspired by and why you were inspired by it. I'm like, this might, what, on, what is she on about? But it worked. She, I, I don't know whether she was sort of wink, wink. Right. We're going to get you through this because I know you've got a conditional go to Edinburgh Napier. Which if she was... Thanks, Joe. Like, mm. you know, but that's that was college for me. I was just like, yeah, it's. It seems like like you kind of always had an idea of what you wanted, and mm -hmm. and and if it's, it's the thing that and, and if it's the thing that you want to do, if it's a thing you want to do, then oh, really apply myself. All, all apply, but if yeah. it's anything that kind of goes steers on the outside of that, and you're like, I think nah, I, I think <laughs> purely in an educational sense, yeah, because parts of that course I was really into like the video editing, really into that, the documentary filmmaking course part really great that was yeah awesome. that's in your wheelhouse yeah. yeah on the pieces to camera that we did where they're like you've got to do like an internet style show where it's delivering news and with the group that we were in um it was Jordy again we both didn't know we were going to be on the course until we turned up on the first day and we're like we're both on the course cool oh. uh, but we did it inspired by source fed i don't know if you remember them they were a YouTube channel. Explain for those who don't know. They were a YouTube channel that did like pop culture news in sort of the style that's been adopted by every sort of big channel that does like IGN and stuff like that. But we did it like that and we, we wrote it all and we led it all. And it that was fun. It was just the, we're, you're an artiste when you're making a film. Mm. Like, no, I'm fucking not. I'm, I'm here to write about or f do a short film on something factual teaching's interesting because there's and i think this i think on the whole it's got better but i remember as a kid where it's like basically the teachers will have this idea of what this should be the right answer and sometimes it's one of those things where there isn't a right answer and but they are blinkered to go no you must do it this way like yeah. for them saying you're making a documentary but please you have to tell me which picasso inspired yeah like you. which painting which paint would you know why why did rembrandt inspire you to do a documentary following a bin man around yeah like and it's almost like you don't want to like you don't want to just put it for the sake of putting it but I, I mean i did for the rest of the the film pieces that we did like i i made up a lot of bullshit about why so-and-so inspired me. I did one that was like a, I think one of the themes was um, otherworldly or something like that. Mm. So I did a mockumentary on 
an alien, like ancient aliens type thing. I don't know if you'd ever watched the guys like aliens. And yes. Yeah. So I did that. And I got a decent mark for that one. But most of the, the booklet I just made up, I was like, well, I'm inspired by this. I'm inspired by Signs, the movie by M. Night Shyamalan. Mm-hmm. I'm inspired by this painting by <laughs> Van Gogh or whatever. So it was like, but, but strangely, now it sounds like I'm mocking folk that maybe are into all that. But my lecturer, again, would look at it and Oh, yes, I can really see where you drew inspiration from. I'm like, I made that up 10 minutes ago <laughs> in the car here. <laughs> like, if you can get that from it, then it's I'm doing my job right. Yeah, good for you. I don't know how. <laughs> so <laughs> when when you have an when you have something that you want to do and the vision doesn't quite match who's teaching you, and you mm. re- they probably realize actually like this is probably beyond my realms of expertise. But yeah. I've got to try and stick to this stringent framework to do it anyway. It was weird. Very confusing times. Did you... well in the uh, photography module for that course though, um, which will, it, it loops back on the rest and ever so slightly. Um, at that point, 2017, 2016, going into 2017, I was not a point going to a lot of WCPW shows. And I was in the crowd taking lots of nice photos. And one of the photo modules, that was, uh, it was life. It was, it was just, they were like, capture life and movement. So I was like, oh, I've got tons of photos. So mm-hmm. I, I did it all from uh, one of the WCPW shows. And there's a really good shot that Noam Dar used for a lot of his promotional stuff, actually, after, where he's on the turnbuckle and he's doing his pose where he's kissing his wrist. Uh, and I got a really high mark for that. Um, but I was like, cool. Well, that's using wrestling. Mm. Somewhere I'm enjoying it. And that's where my focus was. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's use wrestling some more. Let's get to your second match. Second match. We're going to jump to 2011. So I was... When, how old would I have been at this point uh, when the match aired? About 9 or 10? Uh, close to be 12. Wow. So I was 12. Uh, we're going to talk about Money in the Bank 2011, CM Punk versus John Cena. Oh, 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 oh Right. So this match was just insane for me. This In high school, not many wrestling fans, you know... It, between the previous match, WrestleMania 24, and this, wrestling wasn't cool in school. 
People bullied you for it. You got the, all the classic insults. Oh, you like wrestling? It's fake. You know, it's this, it's that. Oh, you like men wearing tights wrestling each other? Yeah. Mm. It's entertaining. Uh, so you get all the classic insults. Um, so going into high school, it was like, cool, well, I'm a wrestling fan. I'll own it. You know, don't care what people think. You shouldn't care what people think. No. Just like what you like. And thankfully, there was a group of us that still enjoyed it. Just wasn't as sort of like big. Wasn't everyone running in going, <gasps> however, this changed this. People that weren't wrestling fans were coming up to me to be like, what's this CM Punk guy? Wow. Now, it's really strange whenever I hear, like, anyone, like, for example, for yourself, talking about, like, the Attitude Era, mm. and it's like you'd run into school or you'd go, go and see your mates and stuff, and it's like your people were talking about it. This was that for, for my generation was punk. And f weirdly, like, folk that I never knew would be interested in wrestling come up to me and, like, whoa, CM Punk said some stuff and sat on a stage. I'm like, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Do you want to know more? Here's everything. <laughs> um, Any, did you have it? So, because obviously you say there, like, and, and and there is a thing that in school, and and I had it, and I think everybody else had it here as well, you were wrestling fans, where you do get those people that are like, oh, you know, it's fake. Yeah. Did you have anybody that were like that then come up to you and go, oh, tell me about the wrestling now. I want to know. Probably. I, had, I, I think a lot of folk were more, it was more like, oh, this isn't as lame as it, was a few years ago when they're mm. like oh, it's fake um i'm like yeah but my appreciation for it was never that off the back of it being real it was just like oh this is really cool and entertaining just enjoy it yeah yeah so i did have probably a few folk going no oh, was was this cm punk thing or like folk that had maybe lapsed and weren't big fans that were maybe where they were back when they were a kid coming back and we'd be sitting in techie or whatever would work and they'd be like Oh, there's CM Punk going in face John Cena. Now, obviously, this was in the summer holidays, but like, or just as we were going off into the summer holidays. So it was like, oh, loads of folk like wrestling, and I'm not going to see a lot of them because we're on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> just um, about to make more friends. I was going to be cool, WWE. Gonna be the cool kid. I was going to be yeah. a contender. So, w so going into that match, it was like, oh, damn, this is like big. This is major. CM Punk is over. CM Punk was one of my favorites. Like, Dating back years and years, Punk was one of my favorite favorites. When I sort of learned about indie wrestling, Punk was the first name that appeared to me. So like, it, this is 2006 we're talking. So I'm like, oh, this guy in ECW is pretty cool. Oh my God, he's got these matches in Ring of Honor and he's he signed his WWE contract on the belt for that company. What is Ring of Honor? <laughs> oh my God, he was in TNA. I watched TNA on Challenge, you know, or Bravo <laughs> or whatever it was. Um so it was really cool to see Punk, this guy that was smaller, going up against Cena and being like, Cena used to be the guy I liked. I liked Cena, but Punk is cooler. And it was it was a case. So it's just, Cena once again getting the shoe in. Yeah, but I, for this, somebody cooler. Strangely, at this point, as much as I didn't like the, I was very early into the whole being told wrestling was fake. So I very much quickly became. Uh, I want to know how this industry works. What's the insides? What's why? What's the booking reasons behind it all? So I really hated the on-screen character of Cena, but I really appreciated John Cena. Mm. <laughs> it's like because I was I, as a big fan of him when I was younger. I was like, he's really good at what he does. Like clearly, just was like he's got to turn heel. Because that's it. That's what happens with with when you watch wrestling and that younger point when you when the penny drops and you go, oh, this is. It's all fake. Yep. And, and you have the sliding doors moment where you either go, oh, I'm not interested anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, or you go, actually, 
I want to find out how they do that. It's like finding out. It's like it's like finding out magi- magic isn't real. And yeah, it's, and it's that whole thing of either you're really disheartened by it or you go, I want to learn how to do that slight hand. I think yeah, I'm very much that. I want to know how it's yeah, done. Like, how do you do it? Like every magic show, me and me and Rachel, my girlfriend, watch or we America's Got Talent particularly. We see a magician come up. I'm like. He's done this. He's done that. How's he done that? What's he What's he doing there? How's it? <laughs> the one that always oh, I still can't figure it out is Peter Antonio, who did uh, appearance on See You Next Tuesday with Adam. Mm. Watched him on America's Got Talent. I've spoken to him quite a lot on Twitter. I'm like, how does he do it? <laughs> Pisses me off. I need to know. But it was the same with the rest, and I was just like, right, how is this? How does this piece together? How do they do they rehearse it all? As a fan of theatre, I was like, is this? You know, how did the, is it scripted well in advance? Uh, uh, clearly not. It's definitely not scripted well in advance. But like, how much did they rehearse? How much is it? How real is it? Mm. Um, and throughout high school, when folk going, oh my god, this punk guy's cool. This is got you know, this is getting back in a big way. There was still folk going, yeah, but it's fake. And then my usual reaction would always just be like, well, what's your favorite show? And then just Game of Thrones, Walking Dead. Well, it's fake. And that usually shut them up, and then they'd be like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. But it's still fake, though. And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. just shut up. Go and play FIFA. <laughs> Which is also fake. Which is also fake. I, I hasten to add. Yeah. Um. So that match then, so CM Punk and John Cena, would this have been one you stayed up through the night to watch? Hey, I did stay up for this one, yeah. yeah. It was in the summer holidays. So, oh, so you could get away. So I could okay. stay with that one. Uh, I was fine to stay up for that one, but I do remember uh, running down uh, Sainsbury's, Getting a ton of monster energy, put them in the fridge. My mom's like, "That's really bad for you. You should not be drinking that." Exactly. How how many cans do you need? And I'm like, "Well, that's all for tonight." And she's like, "That's all. That's four for tonight." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah." And she's like, "That's going to keep you up all night." I'm like, well, "That's the aim. That, like, I'm trying to be up until yeah, four Yeah, I'm trying to stay awake all night. Um, and then I was, she, I remember her being like, "She was like, well, you'll probably not be up by the time I'm going to the shops tomorrow, but do you need anything?" I was like, "Could you get me another four cans? I'm staying up." To- <laughs> Stay up to watch Raw. <laughs> but throughout high school, it, I often would stay up most Mondays and Fridays to watch Raw Live, which mm. was kind of a uh, stupid when I'd be going to school. Like, yeah. I stopped that when it got to close to exams. But early on in high school, I was like, I need to, especially after Punk's pipe bomb, I was like, I need to watch this regularly. And then, yeah, you need to, and you need to be there as it's happening. As it's right? happening, because I would be like, I don't want to watch a recap. And then Kevin Nash returned. I was like, "Well, I don't need to watch this live." <laughs> yeah. Oh, so it wasn't even that long before, well, like. No, I was, I was, I was doing it for a good two years, watching every single, every single show. Oh, fair. Okay, that's fine. The the moment that Punk won, I remember watching that. I think I watched that live as well, and thinking, "What an exciting time this is about to become." Yeah. Because someone just ran off with the title. My mind was blown. I was like, "This." I was like, "Is he? Has he left?" I was like, "The the." Person who was inquisitive about the backstage stuff about WWE and wrestling, I was like, he's this clearly he's probably he's definitely signed a contract. They won't have let him win over Cena and walk out with the belt. But then the other side of me was like, oh, I just want to suspend my disbelief, and he's 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 gone. And then I think a couple of days later he appeared at an indie show with Gregory Iron, and I was like, fuck, he's, <laughs> he's actually left. Like he's going back to Ring of Honor. He's going to go to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um. I was really like, okay, I'm just going to take a back seat and suspend my disbelief and not think too much about it. And then they did ruin it slightly for me, coming back a week, eight days later, after Rey Mysterio gets an hour title reign. Oh, piss me off. Could you imagine that storyline running now, but with Triple H running the ship? I feel like Triple H would have gone, 
Fuck off for three months. But but remember, Triple H doesn't like punk. No, no, I'm not. Obviously not with, it, I mean, there is that, yeah. but with somebody, with someone doing, competent, yeah, somebody, somebody <laughs> doing it, not some scooty fat ass, yeah, uh, somebody doing the whole. I'm going to leave the company. I'll take the belt with me. Yeah. Winning the belt, someone like Triple H wouldn't have the, w- wouldn't be scared to keep them off TV for a long time and let them go and have fun. Yeah, elsewhere. go and have and fun embrace elsewhere. That. I think he should have even like a month off would have given it enough time but eight mm. days was a little little too too soon too but soon. the match itself is just one of my favorite matches of all time i've watched it so many times and just the way it's put together it was well, it's the first five-star match in wwe in what x amount of years up to that point yeah dave loved i it. think i think it deserves it like it's a five-star match in my opinion it's that iconic photo of cm punk blowing vince mcmahon a kiss as he climbs <laughs> as over the, the barricade the yeah, and then, and then the guy, yeah, that <laughs> that guy popping up on the side, just like, oh, hello. Yeah. Um, another photo that I want to talk about mm-hmm. uh, is from 2016. Okay. And it's it's in the center of a What Culture Pro <laughs> yes. Wrestling ring. Yeah, yeah. And it is the cast of, of what would become Cultaholic and Correct. others. And others. And yourself. And myself, yeah. How did, because this is the thing I always find quite fun, is that people assume that you're the new guy. Mm-hmm. That you've been like, but the thing is, you've been the new guy for like eight years. <laughs> <laughs> really, haven't you? Because I did my work, yeah, so four years ago this month, I did my work experience. We'll get onto that in a minute, because I want to ask about but, that. But that, fu- but that but that first introduction to what culture? Because you yeah. were doing stuff for Steel Chair magazine. Yes. Um, were you doing stuff with Vulture Hound via Steel, so Steel Chair, Chair as well? Vulture Hound are the same They're company. the same people, yeah. right. Okay. So prior to like, uh, prior to 2016, again, me and Jordy had set up our own website. This was, I'm talking 2013. Like, cool, we want to write about stuff. We want to have a place to put things. We call it Torn Flag Reviews. We were reviewing video games, and it was the height of of like E3. So all this video game stuff was coming out. We were writing news articles. Uh, we managed to get some interviews with developers, stuff like that. We then sort of, I was like, well, I want to sort of go into wrestling a bit. So I was like, cool, well, we'll I'll develop my own blog based off of what we were doing with video game stuff. And on a, I think... When when I'd left school, I was like, cool, well, this is the WC, what culture was what I'd been watching. I've been keeping an eye on it, and it was I really enjoyed it. When they announced the WCPW show, I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to go to Newcastle. I'm not in school anymore. I can, I'm free to go down. So I went down with a group of friends, went to the first show, and I was like, well, this would be a really great opportunity to interview people, like interview wrestlers that I wouldn't ever get the chance to do, and that might bring some eyes onto my blog and then allow me to build a portfolio to go to uni to do journalism or something along those lines it'll get me in the door of anywhere um so i i emailed their press team and was like hey i would really like the chance to interview some of your stars of, of wcb wcbw some of the wrestlers is this possible and it was Susie kennedy that got back to me she was like yeah of course uh, we'll put you down for a ticket uh, and we'll we'll let you interview and she, she'd said at that point i could have one person to interview and i think it was going to be um who was it going to be? I think it was Hendry. Joe Hendry. Joe Hendry. I think it was Joe Hendry that I'd been put down. Or and yeah, it was Joe Hendry that was being put down to interview. I turned up and she goes, um, Joe's not quite ready for you yet, uh, but we've got other people. Now, I, being 17, I wasn't very experienced in interviewing. No. So I really prepared an interview. Which, in hindsight, I prefer now doing a free flow interview. That's something that's very loosely structured. Whereas that back then, I was like, 
question, question, question. Doesn't matter what he said before, I'm going to ask this next question. But Susie goes, yeah, Joe's going to be about 15, 20 minutes. Um, here's Will Osprey if you want to have a chat with him. Wow. And I'm like, shit. I don't have questions I've, for no, I've got nothing I've got no, That would give me hives. I was like, like I, I'd want to go in with at least some bullet points. I was like, well, what do I know about Will Osprey? I was like, if you just give me two minutes while I set up on my, my, my dictaphone that I'd brought down with me and all my sort of equipment um, and my notebook. Um, and I'm like, fuck. And I'd thankfully just been aware of Will Osprey because it was off the back of his his ricochet match that went viral mm. and was very controversial for its content. Um, and the, all the flippiness. So I was like, okay, let's ask about New Japan. I knew nothing much about New Japan at that point, but I got away with it, winged it all, managed to get an interview out of it. I was like, cool, right, I've survived that. <sighs> Joe Henry does not walk over the table next. It was Demo. Oh, big Demo! And I was like, oh, great to meet you. I'm a big fan, you know, thank you so much. If uh, I was, He was like, you want an interview? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, why not? Let's do it. So I did it and we got through and he was he was way very relaxed and he made me feel very very comfortable to interview i think we went 25 minutes and he just gave me the full time and it was like man this this is really cool that he's so chill about it and i was like right i've survived that one come at me joe let's get this let's, let's do the joe one I'm it wasn't joe go. it was Grado. Oh! Like, oh my god ah. this is not this is a nightmare but also like really cool it's, it's a it's a really good problem to have <laughs> yeah. so i was like right i've got Grado, and uh that that point i remember um, I was like, right, I've met Griddle before, so I can chat with him about that. And I've met him at Coke Cabana's Art of Wrestling podcast, The Fringe, um, and I've seen, I know about his career more so than everyone else's. That's cool. Got through it. Again, I was like, right, Joe Henry's next. Uh -uh. Chat the jobber. Oh! <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is cool. He's firing people at Yeah, you. they were really going for it. Um, and so Jack, Jack gave a great interview, um, great advice sort of thing. Um, we were got talking from there, and we, we got it done. And then Joe Hendry came over. I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> got the interview done. And then again, they threw Noam Dar at me. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but I've got a lot of content now. Um, and then we got the photos in the ring after, uh, at the end of the, that event. It was just like, oh, well, that's really cool. You know, these are the guys I'm watching on YouTube. Um, and I'm getting to do something that's adjacent to like, it's similar to what they're doing, but I'm getting to utilize my own thing. Mm. Um, so we did that. And then for the next show, I was like, look, there's more people coming to the shows. I was more prepared this time. So how did you prepare the second time different to the first time? Um, I listened to all my interviews mm -hmm. to try and find some feedback on, on what and critique myself. Um, and to just generally like listen to other people's interviewing types and, and see how, how they would do it. Um, mostly outside of wrestling because I was like well most of the folk online if they're going to be interviewing wrestling folk and they're not from one of the big channels or or big out outlets they're going to just be a wrestling fan interviewing a wrestler which is what I am mm. and I was like I want to try and do something different so we, we did make it a bit more fun I would ask them things that weren't wrestling related which I think they appreciate like you often do with your interviews um, it's very like this is a wrestling interview but it's not is it it is but it isn't so it's just a chat and I find that that you know you'll know this from doing it yourself <laughs> sometimes that's how you get the best wrestling answers or just the best answers in general you get the most engaged yeah you get the most most interested you've got to think about like if you're interviewing a wrestler most of the time they've done these interviews 
And they talk about wrestling all the bloody yeah. time. They are relieved to talk about something that isn't wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a long line of folk media-wise at the tables in the O2 Academy of folk, and it's like, you've just been asked the same stuff by him, him, mm. him. Let's try something different. So the second time I went, it was very much the same people I was getting given, which made it much easier to be like, cool, let's chat about your love of TV or look up like what you've done today where you've looked up where what my past is. I've looked up their past and be like, well, what was your, you know, what was your time and experience like doing this? And it was it made it a bit more fun. And they always appreciate it more because mm -hmm. then they go, oh, okay, well, fair play. You've actually, you've actually invested in this and Which, you've looked into it. For Demo was an interesting one because I discovered the next show I had just started college. Um, and one of the guys in my college course was Demo's old roommate. Oh. So I could be like, oh, so I, I know so-and-so, and he was like, oh, that's incredible. How is he getting on sort of thing? And we, we had a really good chat about that. So it made it much more fun and non-wrestling for a wrestling-themed interview. Um, when did Was there anything... When did it start about sort of you moving over to do more stuff uh, with, like, with Pachiti okay. and the lads? So to, to, it's a very somewhat long story, but... Um, on the one of the WCBW shows, I booked to go down with some friends, and they couldn't go. So I was like, well, I'm going on my own to Newcastle. I'll put a Facebook group together, see if other people are interested. It kind of it grew decent numbers. We got quite a lot of folk for the Define WCBW page, um, and through there, we, I sort of just spoke to them more, going to shows, um, and sort of getting to know them a bit. I think I'd interviewed Adam, um, and he was very very good to to interview. We sat and chatted. Um, and put that on my blog, and then from there it's sort of just a few years, few years on. Um, they'd sort of when they left What Culture, I got a message from Adam, going, "Would you be interested in helping run our community stuff on the as a moderator?" Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I would. Um, that'd be pretty cool. So I was in first year uni at that point. Uh, was I twenty seventeen? And yeah, I would just started university, um, and then. I'd sort of just gone in when we'd gone in our second term, January 2018. They went, you've got to do th three weeks off um, work experience prior to the completion of your degree. So I was like, okay, where could I go? I've already done work experience at my like other other outlets that I'd done, um, like papers and stuff and and blogs. So like I would put down work experience, including steel chair, vulture hound, stuff like mm. that. That included in what would be a degree certified work experience. So I was like, I'll ask Adam. And he, yeah, cool, we'll take you for SummerSlam in August. So built up that year, came down in the in the August, um, and we worked, I worked full-time in the office for a month, and it was really, really cool, which was, it's very strange now coming back. And when I was here the first time, it was four, five desks and one studio. Everything was filmed out there, where it's very strange to come back now and, we're in a completely different room. There's it's another a, office. Yeah, it's a machine. There's a now. lot of people. It is. So uh, there was the iconic photo that was taken that, that constantly gets brought up to you uh, of your first day at work experience, and it's you cleaning the toilet, the toilet. Uh, with, with Adam and Ross giving it big ones yes. behind you. So <laughs> we put that on Twitter. It was like we're welcoming the work experience lad, um, and then I think when I think Jack was away on holiday or something, and Adam was like, "We we'll, 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 we'll test you and do some video stuff. You're on news today." Okay, cool. And I love this because so many people, and I guess why it comes back to my 
the comment earlier about like for seven years you've been the new guy where like you do news on a Saturday now with Sam yeah. and the funniest part is you were doing news videos before pretty much most of us were doing news videos it was doing the piece to camera and you were doing we solo did, news videos pre-pandemic yeah back in 2018 I think uh, it's funny looking mm. back on them because I, I posted one on Twitter the other day because it was like four years that the first one went out I'm glad I've improved since then. I was very sort of, I did a weird thing with my mouth. Like I'd be like, <laughs> I would like, it, it would like twitch off the side. Is it a nervous tick? No, I never had it before. Um, so what'd you do? Like breathe like, off to the side? Just No, so I'd, I'd be like. Because that's an old like news journalism hack yeah. that you breathe off mic. No, I wasn't doing that. I wasn't doing that. But bear in mind, we had the, the clip on but mic. But I didn't know whether it was like a, like a, a reflex no, reaction. No, it was literally just my lip going. Oh. Like and I didn't, it's not in any of the other ones. It's just that first one video. And I don't know what it was. It could be nerves. It could be a nervous tick. It could be almost like a mouth shrug where maybe you're not quite having now faith we, in what you're saying. So like while your body can't shrug, your face is shrugging. Possibly. It was it was very strange. And I remember filming it and I, in the room, I think Adam was behind the camera sort of helped give me pointers and stuff. And it was really, really great help. And we were doing it off bullet points. And it was like, so I'm like, I can't even remember. It was like, CM Punk and Coke Cabana. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what is my mouth doing? <laughs> um, but it was, it was good fun. We, we did quite a few of those videos. And we, we also did um, This Week in Wrestling. So that was my, my first day. I remember arriving and I'm going, we're going to film some this, this Week in Wrestling with Jen. And I think I was on with Sam and Jack. Yeah, I think I did two episodes, which was, it was really good fun doing that. But it was funny that, um, the first things I filmed was one of the last things that went out. Right. Because we filmed, we, we, we filmed that one episode apart. So it was like, cool. Well, that's the, any improvement I would make over this next <laughs> month. It's completely it's, gone. It's for now because now the thing that I did before I or like, made I all the fixes is now outlast. Jen w w was like, oh, did you enjoy your time at Cultaholic? And it's like, I'm, I'm like 45 minutes into my tenure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was great fun. Thanks, you had a great time. It yeah. was lovely. It was good fun. It was good fun. Um, so we did like, and I, I, I remember Adam saying we were doing, we'd do little skits at the start of news. The first one is like, oh, if this doesn't get two million views, you're back to cleaning the toilets. <laughs> uh, or the next one, I'm cleaning the toilets, literally like literally cleaning the, cleaning the toilets or scrubbing the bins, reading out mean comments, which I thought was hilarious. I thought it was brilliant. I think, we, I think we'd sat and wrote a couple of them and some of them were legit, mm. which I stand by. I do like, look, like, that would be a leader of a chess club in high school. <laughs> At that time, and probably still, I am a B-Tech Kenny McIntosh. <laughs> Which, like, creative, mean comments. In, I'm all for a creative, in, mean incredible. comment. Incredible. I thought they were so funny. I would sit, I would finish, the video would go up, I'd be like, cool, where's the mean ones? Come on. Yeah, come on. Go. And, and if they were creative... I would give them a like and I'd be like, yeah, you, you know what you're doing. They they don't seem to, at least on the surface, they don't seem to phase you mm. as much as they phase, admittedly, they phase me mm. on the other occasion. Um, is that the case or? Yeah, I don't, honestly, I don't really get. Because you see, them. you just seem like, ah, it's whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, if. And that's the best attitude to ever have. It's a reaction. Mm. You know, people, people are responding. That's cool. Um, if they don't like me, that's fine. I'm not bothered. That's. I'm not a cup of tea. Mm. And like, as I said, the funny, mean comments, B-Tech, Kenny McIntosh, whoever wrote that, if you're still watching the content, well done, that's incredible. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like if you've got that much creativity, yeah, B-Tech, Kenny Mac. Um, 
Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't really bother me. It's 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 just what it is. It's a healthy way to be. Yeah. It's a healthy way to be. So I mean, those three weeks then. So you did three weeks of work placement, but then you were also by this point, Coldaholic was an established thing. It was about a year old. Yeah, yeah and you were working. So this was, and this is where a lot of people would probably have had their first in- interaction with you because you were, you still do like mm-hmm. sort of moderate our mm-hmm. our online community yep. and stuff like that. Um, but what's been nice to see is you kind of found your way through and doing more stuff on camera. Can you, yeah. How did sort of that start to come about again? Do you remember? As in just the recent sort of yeah. stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So Because I mean, it's, it's happening more and more and it's great to see. Well, just, I think um, back in April, Adam was like, would you be interested? Or one day he was like, do you want to, be, do, you want to do a news video today with me? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um that's what I specialized in at uni was broadcast media and doing stuff on, on screen or writing for screen. Um, so I was like, yep, yeah, absolutely. Don't big fan of not missing out on opportunities. Mm. Get offered something to do to try it, you know? Um, and it must've gone well. <laughs> it was like, do you want to do a Saturday? Yeah. Yeah. I'll change my work schedule. So I'm, I've got Sunday Mondays off on a Saturday, me and Sam on news. Great team. Love doing it with Sam. Um, I think we've sort of really developed a, a good, back and forth where we, we know what when wh- how we're working and what we do so it's it's good fun i um i remember we did one because you started doing them and then the mm-hmm. opportunity arose oh, me and fraser are going to do one mm-hmm. and i did the first one and and i've just kind of sort of i think after my first news video here i think adam went right you're gonna lead the next one and i think i pretty much led the news videos ever since yes and that was kind of and that was uh, i'm fine with that i'm happy you know it's kind of mm-hmm. that's my background i mean you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're flow. an anchor on uh, well equivalent, radio <laughs> some, equivalent. So, so, some people put a w at the front of that <laughs> um radio equivalent of an anchor yeah and, and i and i love that i can use that skill set but what was nice was what was actually really wonderful was the fact that we sat and did one and I just got this energy from you where I'm like, mm. I don't think I need to lead these. And I and, and I think I seem to remember that we did the first one. Mm-hmm. And then I think maybe we were doing three. You left the studio to take the, the cars and stuff into yeah. your office. And I think I messaged Adam and I said, I want to try Fraser leading. And he went, yeah, go for it. I just because I just sent I just feel like there's something there. And, and it's you know what? What I love is it's because it was a. Trial that you, again, as mm. you said just there, just take every opportunity and go yeah. for it. And you rose to it. And for me, it was a challenge as well because I'm like, I'm now so accustomed <laughs> to leading it. I've got to yeah, learn just to, to pair back, shut up and let you crack yeah. on. And that's that's reassuring for me. Because you're good at your segues. I know you like doing your mm. links. So it must have been tough getting... <laughs> I going, do, well, yeah. Speaking of such... And then... But that's but that's great for me as an older boy to learn a, a new skill set, and and it's nice. It's a reassurance for me, weirdly, mm-hmm. that, that that I know that you can crack on and you can lead them, because you know, because and I, I I mentioned this when I was in the pub with Adam, and he found it hilarious because mm-hmm. like I'm I'm at a point where in multiple radio jobs like yeah somebody new somebody young has come along and and I've been hoofed yeah. away and I've learned just to roll with it so like and I was saying this to Adam and Adam said you're not getting old yellowed just yet I was like I know but, <laughs> but be, should the time come I was, know that the news is in great hands and it's it fine one of the uh, first conversations we had in person actually was we were at the old George yes as pubs reopened and things opened up a bit and you were mentioning the fact that that I was too young because <laughs> <laughs> you were damn it yeah. you still are because you were like you know I think we were we were just chatting about all things like 
company wise and work and I was asking you about your career and you were asking about my degree and stuff and you were sort of like yeah you know like I've got to sort of adapt and learn new things I want to stay stay going because you were really good with helping me with like TikTok mm. and stuff like that because I knew it was something that was new and and I there's people who are my age now in in the in, in the radio industry and in other you industries say that like you're ancient but you're I am you're in your I 30s am. oh you're I, I am no. and it, no, it, it, everything's relative everything's relative yeah. I know I'll get responses this from somebody going shut up I'm 43 yeah I know <laughs> but everything's relative like I'm you know YouTube and TikTok it's a young man's game uh, and I'm not and I'm not I'm I'm the eldest statesman here and I'm I'm super cool with that yeah. I'm not like panicked about it you know and I've and I've and I've had a great time doing what I do and and it was great to have you there to go look I really want to try and adapt I yeah. want you know if, you know if if and when the time comes and you know industries chew me up and, and spit me out yeah. like it's not for one to try and it's not for wanting to adapt and be yeah. more and be more relevant and in the moment and it's like so I was like just help I need help from young guidance, yeah I need help from young as the night that particular night wore on this is a funny story as that particular night wore on I think we started we were all out and we all started buying drinks for each other's uh-huh. tables so there was a lot of alcohol yes there was a lot there is bit of the evening I don't remember okay and then it's the next morning where I looked at my phone and I'd print screened uh, a reservation yes. for chicken coop yeah yeah and I Swear to God, I do not remember us booking a table at Chicken Coop. Yeah, but we did. We did. So I was going to—I was literally going to bring that up. Um, <laughs> at that point, yeah, there was a lot of alcohol being had, and you'd said to me, "You were—we you were, we were sitting opposite each other at the table, and you were like, no, 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 this was going to just be a drink for us at this point. You know, everyone's coming. That's great. Um, I'm going to take you for dinner tomorrow. Yes.' I was like, "Oh, that's that's really nice, of you, Tom. I, I'm I'm in Edinburgh in the morning, but I'll get back in the afternoon." Go, 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 go. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, I booked it. <laughs> and I was like, all right, what time? And you were like, 6 30. I was like, where? And you never told me where. <laughs> you did, did not. No, you didn't tell me where. <laughs> uh, I pieced it together uh, about, I think it was like two hours later at this point. Amazing. When you had your phone on the table. And you were very close to spilling drinks on it. That's about right. So I moved it out of the way, and I think Alex was there. And she was like, I'll take that. <laughs> so she took it. And then I think you'd, whether Face ID or whatever it was, but you'd gone, you'd unlocked it, I think, to get an Uber home. And yeah. the thing was up. And Chicken it was like, cube. I was like, that would have been helpful to know. <laughs> you weren't going to tell me. I was just going to let you find the restaurant. Guess. I mean, to be fair, I think I would have guessed Coop. Like, if I was going <laughs> to guess, I would have guessed Coop. Oh, uh, I haven't been that bad drunk since oh, it was my birthday. But <laughs> <laughs> and not since then, though, you're on. Not since then. Uh, Christmas party? No, no. So, uh, no, Christmas party no was do you know what? That. I was yeah. really, I was actually very good at the Christmas party. Mm. I because I was very. The thing is with the we Christmas, had a North Show the next day. We had North Show the next day, right. and also I get I, I I normally go overboard at Christmas parties, and I and the, and and I think because I'd had like that sort of blackouty bit uh, at the our previous gathering, I was like, yeah. I never want to get to that point again because it's hilarious as fun we have. I there's there's nothing that makes my skin crawl than uh-huh. by looking at my phone and seeing photos I don't remember taking. Like that really yeah. puts the shit up me. Yeah. So I thought I never want to get to that point again. And there was a few occasions I mean, at the Christmas party where there was a little sliding doors yeah, moment yeah. of it could have done. Like I think at least three oca- at least three occasions Pachiti handed me a Sambuca <laughs> that I casually left somewhere else. Pro- yeah. 
But I mean, opening your phone and discover that you've you've booked a table for food—that's a great I thing mean, to find a on nice, your phone. That's a nice a thing, thing to find, find isn't it? Phone. That's a nice thing to um, find. I've not hurt anybody whilst, except myself, whilst <laughs> whilst not remembering the next day. Be mindful how you drink. Um, so drink responsibly. <laughs> drink responsibly, kids. Because so. So how so now you're here and yes. now you're doing stuff on a Saturday and as I said to you I feel relieved that there's um, not relieved because it sounds like no like like there are people here that, that lead videos when I'm not here and I'm not mm-hmm. arrogant and stupid enough to think that's the case but I like the fact that there's somebody who sits opposite me where like if my workload gets a bit too much I can go you, just, you know and, yeah. and Adam's wildly busy as well oh, like, yeah. all the time because he runs the flipping business so it's nice to have somebody else here that we you know will just and and every, I say everybody can do it yeah, but, yeah. but you embrace it yeah and that's the yeah, difference yeah. I think that's the fundamental difference for me is that I know everybody else could do it but I know that you like me embrace it thank you thank yeah I do, I do try and it as much as possible. Well, I can tell when I watch them. I can tell that like you're That's, you're in your element. What I'm enjoying on a, a Saturday is getting to try out both. Where I'll lead a video, Sam will lead a video. Mm. So we're back to back. If we sometimes have three videos, then we'll move it around make, and mix yeah, it up. See what we what, so what we can do. But it's great getting that experience. And we, one of the most fun ones actually recently was doing a, a stream with Sam over the. I think it was playing through the entire card of SummerSlam. Yes. That was just really fun. We had a police raid that day, which was crazy. That Now, that is a now, has that story been discussed on a podcast? We discussed yeah. it on the podcast. I nominated it for the Hall of Fame, and it didn't win. The list of Fraser won, which was Jack's list of everything I was arrogant about in a three-day window. <laughs> uh, some of them, <laughs> I don't like mail. We included that on the list. <laughs> right? My, la- my not non-enjoyment of the song Jerusalem because I'm Scottish so it doesn't have anything for me it's also it's the national song of the Conservative Party Um, so (laughs) you know uh, and the BMP and so I was like you know mocking it Um, and what was the other one and the other one making up teachers names which I didn't but it sounds made up my math teacher in high school Mr. McMath his name is Mr. McMath (laughs) <laughs> That's incredible. So, uh, yeah, that was the arrogance of youth on the display. The arrogance of youth on arrogance display. Youth. Um, for those who are cu- curious to know, how deep does the rivalry go between Jack and Fraser? Because <sighs> I can say from sitting opposite you, it's, the, the tension are, is palpable. Tension is high, you know. The, it, any little movement, it's like... Tension is borderline sexual. Uh, well, that's <laughs> <laughs> between me and Jack. It is, it, and it would be. It's... It, any sudden movements and we're ready to fight. Mm, it's, it is, it's tough. For those who are watching, it is incredibly so. Yeah. It is incredibly so. I mean, if you watched the podcast two, week, two weeks ago, we're sat next to each other. It was for four hours almost. <laughs> Don't know how we did it. <laughs> Don't know how we did it. What are your, um, just to shift it a bit, you're only a young man still, arrogance of youth and all that. Yeah. What are your ambitions from here? It's a tough one because, like, as I said, journalism was the the thing so i would quite like to explore as many opportunities in that like i know it was very i was very lucky at the end of uni before graduating i had this job so i was able to go into it and there was not a lot of a lot of people in my course and a lot of my friends weren't as lucky getting a a job because the pandemic was still recovering we're still recovering from the pandemic there wasn't many jobs out um but a lot, a few of them went off and working at papers or working on the BBC or working on ITV. And that really interests me. And I'm like, that's maybe TV production side. I'd love to do something like that or doing documentaries. Um, that was always the sort of thing in, in uni that I've got on my YouTube channel that all my portfolio stuff. 
some of the ones I'm most proud of were the giving wrestling a go. Went and did, did that like a week before the world shut down. And I actually, I trained them as like, look, not everyone can do it. And it hurt. And then, yeah, yeah it was fun. Um, so I did that and I, I was like, I can maybe explore this. And we'd, we'd, as part of the course, it was like, what would you pitch to a channel? And I was, if I hadn't got this, I was dead set on pitching that to BBC Scotland as a program, mm-hmm. as a documentary series about the world of world of wrestling and sort of getting in that region. Um, and the other one I did was on plastic waste and renewable energies. And that was another TV package that I did. And I was like, well, I'm, I've got, I, I enjoy them. Um, I enjoy doing them. That's, I really enjoy the sort of structure of them, pieces to camera, doing st- stuff like that and just winging it and being like, right, I'm going to take a camera down and film and we'll get a story. I want to do more of that eventually at some point. Like, I've no intention of leaving here anytime soon. But is a grand goal? I would say, yeah, something like broad, broadcast journalism. Nice. Yeah. Well, it's a, well it's, this is, a, you know, as you say, I'm glad we're not, I'm glad we're not losing you anytime soon. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a deep joy. As well as taking three wrestling matches onto yes. an island, uh, we also allow you to take a movie, Ooh. an album, Ooh. Ooh. and a luxury item. So... Um, when you hear those three things, when you first when I first say to you, you can bring a movie with you, what movie springs to mind? No, right. So there's there's two ways I can look at this because I've got a favourite movie and I've got one that is like, what was my was that, you? that was me. I that, that was me. I think it was you the time before, but it was oh, me this time. Hung, 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 we're up. starving on this desert island. Yeah. So I would say it's a toss up between two. One because I I just love the movie, but it's not very rewatchable. Okay. Which is why I might not take that. But The Martian. Okay, that's the one with uh, Matt Damon, Matt Damon on, on, Mars. on Mars with hilarious results. Yes, it's Ridley Scott's uh, space, uh, it's not really an epic, but it's a space revival film. Really like it. It's got a really great soundtrack, David Bowie's in that, and mm. like loads of good music, but it's not really rewatchable. So I would probably choose, uh, it's basic, but one of the MCU films, I would probably Avengers Endgame. Nice! Yeah, just because it's it's... Got it's three hours that'll entertain me for a while. Yeah, that's it. So, so the end game over Infinity War. I guess with the end game, you've kind of got a, a somewhat happier ending than Infinity War. Um, yeah, probably that. I think that's probably would clinch it. I preferred Infinity War overall. I just think it's nice to have one of those films where but, the baddie just so dominantly wins. Yeah, it, I, I like, really. Yeah. It's just. It's just. He, the whole, throughout the whole film, it's just one after another, after another, it's, after another, after another. It's a Thanos movie, not Avengers. It's a Thanos film. movie, but isn't it? Yeah, I would take Endgame. Yeah. Nice shout. Okay. How about an album? So my favorite brand is Half Moon Run, which I, I don't know how many people are familiar with them, but if you've ever seen the trailer for Assassin's Creed Black Flag, it's the music. The, they're the band that plays ah. in the trailer for it. I'm very excited. Rage got me tickets for my birthday, so I'm going this year to see them in London. Um, but I would take probably their newest album blemish in a great light because it's it's the one i've listened to the most but it's not got my favorite song in it which is really annoying oh no <laughs> so i take blemish in a great light plus full circle okay so you get that bird onto an extra cd yes so you can correct you're a memory sting i know yeah. you kids do yeah uh luxury item um does it count if it's plugged 
in yeah right. we, we we don't worry too much about the logistics playstation of like... 5 and television <laughs> <laughs> maybe a generator to power them what are you playing on your ps5 at the moment currently i'm going through the assassin's creed uh Ezio trilogy um so I'm, i've just finished assassin's creed 2 i'm going on i'm currently midway through assassin's creed brotherhood my aim is because i've got no like plans to buy any new games soon there's nothing major coming out that i want and i'm kind of saving trying to save money i'm going to try and play through all of the assassin's creed games Right. See that. See if I can get through it. Black Flag's my favorite game, or one of my favorite games. That's the aim to get get through. Nice. Like it. Yeah. Like it. Uh, let's get to your third and final match, then, Fraser Porter. So let's to recap. Uh, we had uh, for your three. We had Edge versus Undertaker from WrestleMania. Yep. We had the Money in the Bank match between Punk and Cena. What's your final one? So my final be? match. Now, I'm going to choose. I'm looking at my options here. We can only have three. I can only have three. I'm going with, now this is, it's keeping a similar theme, but CM Punk versus MJF in a dog collar match. Ooh, so you've gone for a modern Revolution 2022. Okay. So this match, I think just how, it was just a really good match that took me back to Punk being the indie guy that I discovered and being like, I really enjoyed all of Punk's matches since coming back to wrestling. But this one hit on a different level for me. Just like I'm invested in both these guys. It's not, it's not to take anything away from Eddie Kingston or Darby Allen, who'd faced on you know all out or um, full gear. But this one was just like I, I genuinely want to see MJF get d- destroyed here mm. by my favorite wrestler of all time. So of course this this match was 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 incredible. Also getting to just sort of experience it with other people and watching it and then having uh, Miserio Cantari play the, the, the Ring of Honor theme. Yeah, that, all the little, little touches in that. Yeah. His Ring of Honor gear. His gear, the, the you know, the, the tracksuit he was wearing, the crowd. It was just a really good show and I think that was the strongest match on it. If I've watched it a few times already, this match, I just can't, can't, it's it's definitely one I would rewatch multiple, multiple times. When you think about that match, is there a moment that you think about? Uh, yes, yeah, so I've rewatched it at the entrance. It's, it's the more entrance. so the entrance than the, the match. As much as the match is, is, I think, is fantastic, but it's the the entrance where Punk stands up on the the middle rope, and the whole crowd are chanting and singing along with him. Just really cool. Or, or even Wardlow coming at the end and not giving the ring. Where he can't find the can't ring. find the ring. Like that bit was a particularly a particularly nice yeah. touch. I do so think. I would say that's that's my one. And and. It was a tough to narrow it down to the three. As I said before recording, there's a wee honourable mention. Oh, go on then. Uh, Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston from WrestleMania 30. Oh, great shout. Just, I, I watched it with mates at a, a shark bar in Newcastle, shark club, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I think it's the, one of the most feel-good moments of professional wrestling history. Yeah. Just it's, fantastic. It came about like so accidentally. Yeah. And they just went with it and they let, they let it happen. And, and they didn't... WWE has a history of kind of bottling it at the last hurdle yeah. with a big moment like that, and and they they let it play to its full completion. A clean no win for Kofi Kingston. Yeah, it was a, a surprise. Title. I was thinking this is going to be a little dodgy finish, but no, went over clean. clean it was just whistle. cool. It was really cool. So that's my honourable mention. Nicely done. Nicely done. Uh, Fraser, let's before we let you go. Um, I like to always end on a, something a little bit deep like this. So okay. let's go back to let's go back to Fraser, age seven in Peebles. Yeah, yeah. You've been to see your mate, and you've wrestled, and your, your mum's told yeah, you off, made totally you play right. football. Don't know football. Don't know football. Um, 
uh, you're heading, you're walking home, uh, and that night in Peebles, and you're seven, and you can go back with all the knowledge that you have now. Yep. And you can give yourself a little bit of advice, just to, just just to just to uh, uh, like a, a word of encouragement or a bit of advice, just to just. Just very briefly, what would you like to tell a younger version of yourself? So, okay, mm. probably just apply yourself a little bit more in high school because then I wouldn't have to have done that year in college, <laughs> 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 and then things would have advanced a year quicker. <laughs> um, but I, yeah, probably something like that, or just like it's. By the way, it's journalism. Like, <laughs> like, like yeah, save yourself a couple save, of years. Yeah, just you know, so there's something like that. Um, but yeah, I would I would say something like that. I like the idea of you going journalism. Yeah, what? that's what it is. It's it'll make sense. Um, <laughs> yeah, probably something like that. Because or just like yeah, I can't think of anything else really. That's that's probably it. Nice. There's nothing. No, no other major advice I would give myself to younger. Because I I attribute a lot of it to to luck as well and right place, right time. As much as talent or whatever can get you places, a lot of stuff is who you know, how you know them, and what you can do for them and what they can do for you. So like. I see that's an interesting theory, uh, and I prescribe subscribe to it to an extent. Yes, and there is a bit of like in the sense that luck will maybe like a door will fly open in front. That's of what you. I mean, yeah. But it's your ingenuity and your talent and your ability that makes you walk through it. But I, I think there's so many little things that had to like for to be sitting here now. If my friends hadn't cancelled to go down to that WCBW show, wouldn't have made a Facebook group that went then would make Adam go, do you want to be the moderator for our community? Which then opened the door. That's luck. Wow. As much as it is. As much as talent can get you anywhere. Mm. That talent might not be realized if luck didn't get you in the door, which is appreciated. And like, it's it's timing, all down to timing. Like if I graduated a year earlier, if I, like, if I do go back and tell my seven-year-old self, apply harder at high school, I would have graduated the first year of the pandemic. At which point we likely wouldn't have been a cultaholic might not have been able to bring me in, uh-huh. so I wouldn't. I might not have been sitting here. I might have gone off and got a job at a paper in Edinburgh or working wherever. It's it's butterfly effect. So many little things, yeah. Stuff, which is it's weird to think about. Yeah, I might have gone home. I might have continued working at Tesco when I left. Put my notice in. They were like, "What can we do to keep you? Uh, maybe go in manager role. Do you want to? Do you want to be a manager? I'm like, no, no, not really. I didn't get a degree for that." You know? I see that you're a journalism student. Would you be interested in being a manager? Like uh, that's 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 what it was. Like they were like, "Yeah, do you want to be a manager?" And but that's a testament even to them that you were so good at what you did that they didn't want to let you go. Yeah, I, I yeah, I guess so. It was it was the end of five years at Tesco. I, I, <laughs> I need out. Like I'm very proud of my degree and getting. A, I got a first class degree. Um, I think I left with a seventy six percent average grade. So I'm very proud of that. I didn't want to stay in Tesco no. baking things. Life is all about rolling with the unexpected items in the bagging yeah. area. That's good. Cheers to you, you, you lucky bastard. You do bastard. this professionally. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> Fucking showing off. We're going to go for dinner after this. <laughs> I won't tell you where. <laughs> Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 